Cast a shadow. Cast a shadow on our broken hearts. On every soul slumped over their cars that wouldn't start. On every weeping widow staring into the abyss of time's dark art. To every shattered woman and every shattered man who needs a new start. Cast a shadow on our broken hearts. Cast a shadow on the abused and hopeless. On the suicidal outcast who finds no meaning in all of this. On the social yet lonely who cries out, God, please hold me. To the buried in shame with regrets. To the past that they see. To the broken hands. To the broken feet. To the one who lays her head but gets no sleep. To the raped, manipulated, and lied to. To the apathetic and bleeding hearts who write just to get through. Cast a shadow. Cast a shadow. Cast a shadow on the prostitute who is numb. From the one who just can't seem to give up the drug. And over and over has given up the search for love. Cast a shadow on the prodigal running back home. May the shadow of the father outweigh the tears that fall. Cast a shadow. Cast a shadow on us all. Cast a shadow on the orphan, on the one who shares the cry of the homeless, on the unbelieving heart who hungers for more than all this. Cast a shadow. Cast a shadow. Cast a shadow on the one who runs, who you made sentimental, yet hides from the sun, who seeks you in the night, but often, no matter what, can't seem to think right, who longs for the home that is not here yet, who whores himself to the prince of darkness. Hold the heart of the scared and lonely. May your cross cast empathy. May you cast a shadow. Cast a shadow over me. That poem was what uh, this podcast started with. That was the very first words ever spoken on this podcast. And I remember writing that poem. I believe that day my car wouldn't start. And, um, you know, whenever that happens, your car can't start. It turns into this whole storyline that you weren't really planning on when you woke up that day. It was just like, all right, you know, here we go. This is a new kind of wretch in the plans. And, um, you know, this is this is what takes my focus right now. I was working in the office that day. Um, I'm a bivocational uh, student pastor at the uh, church that I get to attend and serve at. And I went into my office and I just was feeling very overwhelmed. I just was thinking about all of the burdens that each one of us carry and how through each burden, no matter how different that burden is, that we all have this connectivity to one another through the whole process of pain and of hurt and of confusion and longings and needs and desires. And and I just remember sitting down and I remember just like tears coming to my eyes as I was just thinking about all these scenarios of chaos. And through that poem, you heard many of those scenarios. And I was just thinking about each one of those scenarios, each one of those people, and each person has a name. Each person right now that is listening or watching this, like you have a name, you have a story, um, you have burdens, you have desires, you have longings, you have dreams, you have regrets, you have things that have been stolen from you, you have things that you have stolen from others, you know, that we have stolen from others. Um, we, we have different responsibilities, different titles, different positions, different opportunities, 
different things that are awaiting us in our day that we don't know is there. And each one of us, we are united around a common longing for our creator, savior, and sustainer. I don't come to you today with any new words. There's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new that I can share with you that has not already been said before or shared before. But what I do come to you today with is just a heart of humility and empathy, just saying that you matter and that you are loved. You matter much more than anything I can tell you. You matter much more than anybody can tell you. And you are loved much more than my love for you, than any lover on this planet's love for you. Any mother or father or friend. But you matter because you were made in the image of our creator, savior, sustainer. And you are loved because he loved you so much that he made a way when there is no way for you to know him and for you to be forgiven all the times that you and me said we can do this on our own and live this life how we wanted to live it, doing exactly what we wanted to do when we wanted to do it. And at the end of the day, all of the messes that we've made, when we realize that there's no one else that we can blame, we can't blame our creator, we can't blame another, but we just look at the mess that we've made and that moment where you're just sitting there and you realize that you've gotten yourself to this spot. In those moments, God loves you. He loves you then. <laughs> the Bible says that while we were dead in our sins, Christ died for us. And that blows my mind. While I was a good-for-nothing rebel, punk, my God died for me. He died for you. I don't come with any flashy words. <sighs> I just, I'm just present. I'm present with you. Your life really does matter because Jesus lives. <laughs> and even that, that's not an original thought that comes from a hymn. <laughs> life is worth the living because he lives. <laughs> I've been thinking ever since last week's podcast, last week's episode, I've been thinking of a thought that I had after I got done recording that episode. I was taking off these headphones and I was putting them down. And I remember thinking as I was going to tear down all this equipment that I'm recording this podcast right now, as I was about to tear it down, I just had this thought, you know, I was just thinking, Jonah, if you never get to say anything ever again, I think you've said it all. <laughs> Everything that we talked about in the last episode about the kingdom of God and Jesus's words in Matthew 6, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and the rest will take care of itself. That's really it. <laughs> That's it. That's my heart. That's my heart for you. May we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and leave the rest into his hands. May we know God for who he is, not who we say he is, but who he says he is. May we know him by name. May we have an intimacy, a relationship, a personal bond, a union between us and our creator, savior, sustainer through Jesus. 
that is inseparable, that no matter what you do or don't do, no matter what you say or don't say, that you are your beloveds and your beloveds are yours, you know, like that no matter what we do, no matter what we've done, that we are secure in our father's arms through Jesus. And I was just thinking about that, that, you know, if I don't say anything else, Right now, this is the 125th episode, 125 episodes. Today, I was re-listening over the first episode where you heard that poem that I just shared with you. That was actually an excerpt from the first episode. I was listening to that, and I also was listening to the 100th episode. And I was just thinking that, like, look, I'm saying the same things. And that's not a bad thing. What, what, what we're talking about, talking about Jesus, I can never waste any word talking about Jesus. I can never say it enough. My heart for you that are listening or watching this, I just, my heart for all of this is for no other purpose but for you to know your God, for you to have an intimate relationship with Jesus on his terms, and for you to experience the joy of his salvation, joy of freedom through being reconciled back to your maker being known and loved that goes far beyond any knowledge or love that this world can ever produce. Just the crap shadows that this world can produce, the ghetto that this world is, that you were made for so much more than anything this world can offer. That's my heart. That's why I do this. That's why I sit here and record this podcast is for you to know that you are loved. And my heart just breaks for those that don't know that there is a savior, that there is a purpose, that there is an identity that goes beyond what we can do or not do, but that we have a God that created us from dirt and he breathes life into all of creation. And the, the only thing we can do in response to such a gracious, kind, loving creator, the one that loved us so much that he sent his son, his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The only response that we can give to our king is our being, our lives. I've been thinking a lot about that whole idea of joy. And if you're listening or watching this podcast and you've experienced joy, you know, you know, it, joy is something that's really hard to explain. It goes beyond anything this world can offer. And I, I really mean that. I'm not, I'm not... I'm not just wasting words like joy goes beyond any gift, any lover, any anything. It goes beyond anything. And I was thinking the last couple of days about like, how do you explain joy to those that have not experienced joy? And one of the things as weird as this is, one of the things that my mind keeps going back to it's, it's almost like joy is the opposite of a panic attack. And I have I don't think I've experienced a panic attack. But recently, there's been many people in my life that have experienced and is experiencing panic attacks. And there's a lot of words for panic attacks, a lot of terms, uh, a lot of variations of panic attacks. Um, but from those that have had panic attacks that I just say like, you know, like teach me, I want to, I want to understand what it is that you are talking about that you're experiencing. Like, just let me know. And one of my friends recently just told me, it's almost like you are just like in a bottomless pit and you can't like feel anything around you. And it's almost like your world just narrows into like this like darkness where like all of your senses kind of fail you. And you are just, it almost feels like you're dying. Like you 
are are just like dying and your body is in like survival mode and and they said a lot of else but I just kept thinking about that whole you know narrowing of focus and and your senses just kind of failing on you the senses that each and every one of us rely on in order to make it through this world. The same thing that we rely on fails us. And in that moment, we we feel like we have nothing. We feel like we're dying. Our heart is just like turning on us. Our emotions are out of control. And I was just thinking of joy as almost the opposite of a panic attack. And the only times I've ever experienced joy was through Jesus was a moment where I just was completely overwhelmed by Jesus, overwhelmed by the reality that my God is with me, that my God cares, that my God is is willing and able, and that he is king. And the first time I ever experienced joy was June 2011 when I was there on the floor. And I I think that was the closest I've ever had to a panic attack. If not, I was having a panic attack. I don't know. But I remember just going to the floor, just overwhelmed and just feeling like there was nothing left and crying out the name of Jesus. And in that moment, just my my tears and my sobbing and my agony and my hurt and my numbness just gave way to joy. And I remembered laughing and I remember just literally like feeling like the presence of God was in my room. And I remember bowing and I remember just this song of worship. It was just like gibberish coming out of my mouth of just like, I, I don't even know what I was saying. It was just like, holy, 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 Lord, you are holy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was just like this unending just like ceaseless praise coming from me. And in that moment where in a panic attack, all your senses fail you, when you experience joy, it's like all of your senses are alive, that you are just overwhelmed and in awe of your creator, savior, sustainer. And in that moment, I was just like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And there was this peace that surpassed all understanding. Where panic attack, you have this numbness and this anxiety that is overwhelming you. When you experience joy, there's just this overwhelming sense of peace and of longing and belonging and and just love and acceptance and forgiveness and just the presence of our God, the same God that breathed life into dirt to make you and me as we see in Genesis through Adam and through Eve and you know like just in that moment like nothing else mattered I in that moment I had nothing else but God but but Jesus and in that moment I had everything that I needed my external circumstances did not change joy does not depend on external circumstances it doesn't it doesn't joy depends on on Christ. <laughs> that was all that I had and that was all that I needed. And I remember in that moment just like laughing and just like I it was okay. Nothing else changed around me. I didn't get a position, I didn't get a a a note from uh someone that I had a crush on, I didn't get a gift, I didn't get anything. I didn't get a a promotion or anything that we spend so much of our time just striving for. I I all I had was Jesus and that was all that I needed. 
It was crazy. It was like the high that any drug can produce without the low. And that joy is contagious. You, when, you, when you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, as the psalmist says in the Bible, taste and see that the Lord is good. When you taste and see that the Lord is good, it gives you this craving that nothing else in this world can satisfy, even though you still try to go back to the old things that you used to reach for or the things of this world that promises to give you a taste outside of this world or to give you this, this hope and this happiness or purpose or identity beyond what maybe you feel like you have right then. And even those things that you reach for and you all of a sudden realize like, crap, this wasn't what I thought. All of that stuff, even when I reach for all that stuff at the, in the back of my mind, I still know, Lord, I've tasted and seen something so much better than this. This is stupid. Why am I reaching for this? Why am I settling for this? When you've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you're obsessed. There's a quote by an artist. He goes by KB. And he says, many have say that they've seen the Lord, but the Lord isn't what they've seen. Because if they've seen the Lord, then they would be obsessed with what they see. If we say we can see Jesus and we're not obsessed by him, then have we really seen Jesus? <laughs> I would say no. There is so much more. There is an obsession. There's not just a, it's not like, it's not like an unhealthy obsession either. There's, it's, it's, it's like all that I was made for is finally found in you. That like by, by, by growing and knowing you, Jesus, I am fulfilling who I am. That there's, it's like a deep crying out to deep of just like, God, I am fully alive when I'm focused on you, when I'm saturating my thoughts, my affections, my longings on you, when I'm seeking first your kingdom and your righteousness, Lord, I am alive it's not a fad. It's not a. It's not a, a. A fashion. It's not a. A. A culture. Following Jesus is none of that. Following Jesus is as being alive. Is saying, Lord, all that I am was made for all that you are, and I respond. Grow me. And there's not this like pressure to be something that you're not. If anything, you're being who you are. I'm fully Jonah when I'm fully. It's just like with Christ. Like before I came to know Jesus, when I was 17, there in my room, before I came to know Jesus, I thought I knew who I was, but I really didn't. But after I came to know Jesus, like every aspect of my personality was like enhanced. And the, and the parts of me that were just repulsive and disgusting faded away and is fading away over time. The Lord is renewing me. It's a word called sanctification. When you come to Jesus and you surrender your life to him, that he is sanctifying you, the spirit of God, the same spirit that Christ promised in his scripture, that when we surrender to him, that we receive his spirit in order to help us be who he's created us to be, to help us reflect and look more like our savior that we have surrendered our life to. That same spirit enables us to be fully alive and to be who he's created us to be from the day one. That where sin has corrupted us, the spirit of God renews us day by day by day by day. 
This podcast exists for you. My, my heart, my, my prayer is that we will be fully alive through Jesus and not settling for the shallow pools of a stagnant just puddle that this world, this life offers, that my affections, my desires offer. <laughs> there is so much more than all of this. As we head towards Easter this, this coming Sunday, I was just thinking about those moments in my life where those walls were down between me and someone else. And I don't know if you've experienced this in your life. I pray that you have. You know those moments where you know the insecurities that you have, all the all the weird junk and and just quirks about yourself and and you put on a front or you you put up a wall and you only want others to see the best of you. You only want others to see what you want them to see. And you know when your walls are up. I, I think each and every one of us know deep down when our walls are up. And sometimes we live in this perpetual state of walls being up. But you know those moments when it's usually with somebody else where those you, you just kind of like lock eyes and those walls just crumble. They just like fall faster than a, a a tower falling down, just completely collapsing under its own weight. You know those moments when you look somebody in the eyes and 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 it's just like I, I, you know and you're just like speechless of just like I got no more walls. Like I am I am a puddle right now. Like we are human and we are present right now. I think of so many times, and and I, I one thing that comes to my mind. I re, I remember, I remember uh, during quarantine last year. I remember I was listening to my music here in this apartment, and I was listening to my music loud. <laughs> I was I, I love music. I was listening to music loud, and it was about seven o'clock in the afternoon. It, it was a holiday. I forgot what holiday it was. And I remember that my downstairs neighbor like banged up against the ceiling, basically like, yo, turn the music down. And I turned the music down, but before I hear it, I hear somebody going up the steps. And I'm just like, oh no. And so the, the idea, pa, 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 on my door. And I look through the peephole and I see a older woman and someone that looked around my age. And so I open the door and the person, the the woman is just like freaking out. She's just like, you know, this isn't your house. Like, why are you listening to music this late? Like this, this, this loud and, and everything, you know, like I, I can't even remember fully what she said. I remember she was just so upset. And I remember thinking in the back of my head, like it's seven o'clock, you know, quiet time isn't even until 11. But immediately I just humbled myself. I said, you know, ma'am, I am so sorry. Like, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll lower it. I'll be more aware and everything. She just kept going and going and going and going and going and going and going. And she was upset. And I see the, the, the man that was with her. Um, I found out that it was her son. Um, just, he was just like embarrassed, like, Oh crap, dude, I'm so sorry. And I, again, I'm just humbling myself. I'm like, ma'am, I am so sorry. Like, you know, I, I totally understand. And she's like, you know, my son has to get up really early and, and, you know, like, you know, just, you know, just lower the music, lower the music. I'm like, man, I, again, I am so sorry. Yes, I, I will. And I apologize uh, about, you know, waking you up or keeping you up and everything. And there was just this little moment, this little moment. And I want to, I so want to bring you into it because I, I, I want, I want each person to experience this moment if you haven't already, but there's this little moment where she just looked at me and it was just like those walls went down. Her breathing started to, 
it was just like in that moment, it was just two humans, two humans. And she just looked at me and I was looking at her and I was like fully present. I was fully there and she was fully there too. And I don't know what was going through her mind. Maybe she was just like, why am I freaking out about this? Like what, you know, like why am I, why is my walls up right now? Why am I like attacking this guy? Like why am I, you know, I don't know what was going through her mind. But in that moment, it was just like those walls went down and she just like was more calm and she was like, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Have a great night. <laughs> so it was like she didn't know what else to say. And I was like, yeah, you too, ma'am. You too, ma'am. And again, I apologize and closed the door. That's a moment that comes to my mind of just that locking eyes and those walls coming down. I, I think of so many other examples. I remember I've shared this on the podcast before, but my me and my mom, uh, around the time I came to know Jesus as Lord, my parents were going through a divorce and me and my mom weren't, we were not doing well. My mom was going through some things and and of course, my, my life just changed. I was going through a lot of things too and and there's this moment where we were in the car and just tensions were running high and we started raising our voices to one another and she had to go pick up something at her pretty new apartment at that time because her and my my dad uh, were separated at this time and, and getting divorced. And I just remember in the back of my head just begging God. I was like, God, you got to help me. You got to help me. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say, God. I feel like I'm only making things worse. God, you got you got to break through this. God, do a miracle. Help us, help us, help us. And my mom went to her apartment, and I remember all these feelings and emotions in my heart of just like, why? Like, like what the freak happened? Why are we in this position? And and she goes into her apartment. I'm just like, God, I have nothing left. And she comes back in. And I turn to her and she turns to me. And in that moment, I see the tears flowing up in her eyes. And I know that the tears are flowing up in my eyes. And we just break. We break. And we're just wailing. And, and we're just saying, I love you. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There was no walls. It was all down. There was nothing, nothing to defend, nothing to say. And it was just like, it was just like we were human and we were just vulnerable and saying like, look, I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared. And we both were scared. We both were anxious. We both didn't know what to do or what to say or how to move on. But in that moment, we were present. And I remember that, that just that breaking moment of just looking in her eyes and those walls falling down so quickly. I remember my little brother, there was a time I came home in the last three years or four years since I've been up here. It was a time I drove down to go visit family and I was with my little brother and I think he was like a fresh teenager at this time. But he just had this attitude, this arrogance. And and I was like, you know, like, bro, like, stop, stop, stop. And finally, I said, hey, man, like, can we talk? So we go into a room and I'm just like, Anton, like, this is not who you are. I know who you are. Like, why are you acting like somebody you're not? Why are you being mean? Why are you being arrogant? And he was defending himself, and and I, I knew those walls were up. I, I could see it. I mean, the way that he was speaking, the way that he was acting, his walls were were up. And and I was just like, Anton, no, no, I love you. Like I know this is not who you are. And he was hey, arguing and arguing and arguing, defending and defending. And he wanted to go. He's like, let me go. And I'm I'm like, no, Anton, like no, just stop, stop. And I just I just held him by the shoulders. I was like, Anton, please. Please, you know, you know that this is not who you are. And immediately he just 
breaks, breaks. And we just lock eyes and he just like embraces me and I embrace him and he's just wailing. He's like, Jonah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't know why I'm acting like this. I don't know why. I'm hurt. I'm scared. And he's talking about how, how those in his life are, are just like, you know, just acting certain ways and he's confused and he doesn't know who he is and, and how he feels like he he's, has to be specific things for each brother or, and, and our sister. And, you know, he's just like, I just don't know who I am. And, and we just have this vulnerable moment and I'm just holding him. I'm just like, Anton, I love you. We love, we love you. Like, Anton, our God loves you. And in that moment, all the walls were down. I remember that week spending time with them. We were just the kids that we are. It wasn't any, any trying to put on a front or be something that we were not. It was just like, I'm your brother, dude. <laughs> like, I love you. And I think of all that, of those times where I've locked eyes with people, and it's just like the walls go down. I can think, think of a t- a tons of examples, tons of examples But I I think about those moments where God locked eyes with me. We're in the moment in my room where I was just like, my my walls were were just all confused and I didn't know who I was and what I was doing. And and I just said, Lord, if you could do something in my life, you can have it. And the moment that the Lord, the, the creator, the creator, savior, sustainer of all of the galaxies, all of everything that you can see or the things you can't see, he looked me in the eyes and he said, Jonah, I love you. I love you so much that I gave my life. And on the cross, I thought of you. I died for you. I rose again three days later so that you don't have to stay dead in the sin, the slavery to sin that you are in, the slavery to the wages of your sin, which is death, that you can feel alive and you can be alive. You can feel joy. You can feel joy. I created you for joy. But apart from me, you're looking for this joy that you can't find. In that moment, my God looked at me. While I was dead in my sin, he looked at me. He looked at me. He looked at me and he looks to you. He looks to each and every one of you right now, no matter where you're at, he's looking at you and he loves you. He wants to know you and he wants for you to know him, not just know about him, but know him intimately, personally, with all of your being responding to all that he is. He made you. Why do we put on fronts or walls? In the moment he looked at me, and I think about so many times in my life since then, 10 years coming up on 10 years of knowing Jesus, and, and at each and every day, I know God looks to me. He looks at me. He, this, a couple days ago, I just felt heartbroken. I felt emotionally exhausted, and I just got on my knees. I was like, God, King of kings and lords of lords, like, please be with me. Give me perspective. Sober my heart and mind. I need you. God, I'm confused. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what has been done. I don't know what you're doing with me. But God, I'm responding to you. And in that moment, he gave me a peace. It doesn't make sense. But that peace wasn't found in a person or a thing or a position or a title or anything that we spend so much of this life whoring ourselves out in order to obtain something that we feel like we need, but it was found in the person of Jesus. It was found in Jesus. It was found in Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and the rest will take care of itself. Why? Because he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. Our God looks to me. He looks to you. I think about in Luke 
chapter 23, verse 47, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, dying from suffocation through the wounds that, that he suffered in the stripes and his flesh being exposed, he's hanging naked on the cross, gasping for breath, holding himself up by the nails pierced in his wrist. He's <gasps> breathing in each and every breath. In that moment in Luke chapter 23, verse 47, a Roman guard that, that the Bible says was over the whole crucifixion, he looks upon Jesus and he starts to worship and he says, my God, this man is innocent. It's like God looked at him in that moment and it pierced through all of the walls of his heart, all of the hardness and hostility and rebellion and just evilness within his heart that put our God on the cross that I would have done the same thing in my sin. But in that moment, God looked to him and he said, my God, you were innocent. I deserve to be on that cross. Heavy heart, there's nothing new under the sun there's nothing I can say to you that is new. There's nothing that Instagram can offer you that is new. But it's the, it's the message of ages and ages. Our God cares and he has a name. May we put down the freaking walls. May we stop striving after utter crap. And may we look to him and respond to him. He's the love that we are looking for, the acceptance we're looking for, the identity we're looking for, the purpose we're looking for, the fulfillment, the satisfaction. He is the I am and we are not. That is my burden for this podcast. If I don't get another day of my life left, I've said it all. I've said it all. I have all that I need. I'm not sad. I'm not angry. But I'm coming to you present I'm coming to you genuine. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing. I'm a broken man apart from Jesus. I can't offer you anything but what Jesus offers. I really can't. Take it all away. Take it all away. I, I, I have Jesus. Heavy heart. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. Lord Jesus, God, please pierce our hearts. Help us respond to you. May we be genuine. May we just have that moment. God, our walls are down. It's freaking down. There's not any strategies. There's not any plans or dreams that can measure up to who you are. You are the resurrected Savior. God, there's nothing I can say that you haven't said already in your word. Lord, I am imperfect. We are imperfect. We are broken and needy. We are poor and helpless, but you are not. You are the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you, you look at us in our filth, in our crap, and you lift our heads so that we can look to you, not to an idea or a concept or a religion or, or a theory or a, a, a subscription. We look to you, God. You are the only thing that goes beyond any type of, of fad or culture or society or rule or empire. You exist far beyond even our concept of time. Lord, you are real. As I look right now, I see your clouds, God. I see the sky. This world is a ghetto compared to you. And you're calling us to a life that is more. 
You say in John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus, you say that the thief comes to still kill and destroy, that there is a demonic enemy. His name is Satan, and he desires to have our souls. <laughs> he hates you, God. He wants nothing. He wants everyone to think that he is, he is God, that he, but he is not. He is not, Lord, you are. Lord, this world is a ghetto. We're, we're citizens of heaven. We're citizens of your kingdom, God. And we are temporary passerbys, aliens of this world. God, pierce our heart. Look at us. I think about that person that is listening or watching this right now, and they're done. They're done. May this be the moment, Lord. May this be the moment that they cry out to you, Jesus, Yahweh, Yeshua. Lord, we call you by name. Lord, I think about the person that's holding on to a wall, holding on to a hostility towards you. Pierce through it. God, pierce through it like you did to me June 2011. God, we have nothing to hold on to but you. Jesus, thank you for this opportunity that you give me to, to talk. But Lord, you can take away platforms. My identity is not in this. Our identities are not in our positions or titles. And if it is, Lord, break our hearts. Help us see that we were made for you, not for anything else. And we will feel low and, and, and defeated when we spend our energy and our affections on the temporary. God, we were made for you. Lord, cast a shadow on us all. We need you. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, that we have all that we need when we have you. Lord, thank you that I don't have to try to be something I'm not, Lord. I am your son, and that is enough. I am, I am your son, and that is enough, Lord. I pray for those that are listening or watching us. May they know that they are sons and daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you have a name, and you invite us into a relationship that goes far beyond this world. Jesus, we need you. We surrender to you today, and it's in your name we pray and we surrender. Amen. Amen. I remember being a senior in high school, and I remember I was going through a depression through the whole grieving process of my parents' divorce and a lot of the brokenness that was going on during that time. And I remember I would spend a lot of time in my room just doing my homework. Senior year of year, a senior year of high school. I, I was a follower of Christ for a year at that point. I felt like the Lord was calling me in ministry. I was so confused. I felt so inadequate. But at the same time, I'm falling deeper and deeper and deeper in love with Jesus through his word. And I, was, I remember I was sitting at my desk, the same desk right here. I was sitting there at my desk and I was doing my homework. I forgot what I was doing, <laughs> but I, I was doing my homework and I was listening to a song. And the, the name of the song is Beautiful Exchange by the, the, the worship um, band of, of Hillsong Church out in Australia, Hillsong. And this song, Beautiful Exchange, came on. And I remember I started weeping and I got on, on, the, on the floor of my bedroom. And again, this was like months and months after I came to know Jesus as Lord. I got on my knees and I was just saying, God, God, I thank you. Thank you. It was like I had nothing else but praise. And it was just like that holy moment again of God just looking at me and me looking to God. And it was like everything else faded away. I don't remember what homework I was doing, but I just remember in that moment having a moment with God. 
And I wanted to end today's episode as we're just talking about looking at God. I just want to play this song. And I pray that the Lord will just look at you and that you would look at him and lock eyes in any wall, no matter if you're a follower of Christ or not a follower of Christ, that any wall that you or me have will fall down. And there's a moment in the song where, where they're singing and singing and singing, but they finally just cry out and the instruments get louder. And they say, holy are you, Lord. Holy is your name with all that I am. Let it cry out to you. <laughs> and, and this is a powerful moment, but heavy heart, no matter what crap you are going through, no matter what you have going on right now, your external circumstances or your inter internal turmoil, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will experience a joy that comes only through your Messiah, your creator, savior, sustainer, through Jesus and heavy heart. Rest easy. Why? Because our God has overcome the world. He has overcome the world. In this world, Jesus says, you will have troubles. You will have troubles. Our, our God himself, the, the word of God became flesh, dwelt among us, and he died. We killed him. And if we did that to our Messiah, how much more will the enemy do to you and me? who claim him as Lord. The, the, Jesus says that you will have troubles, but take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. Heavy heart. May we rest and exchange all of that we are, all little that we are to all that he is and cry out the only necessarily response. Holy, holy is your name. My life is yours. With all that I am, I respond, I respond, I respond.
so ambitious.